Hello, everybody. Before we start this podcast today, I just want to let you know that I'm not sponsored in any way by any company. There is no ads here. But if you do want to see the products that I promote and the books that I have written, you can see all of that and all of the links to all of my social media accounts and Instagram, YouTube, and so on. All of that is on my website, noticebooks.org. N-O-T-U-S books.org, not us books.org. Good morning, Sylvana. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. I've got a little bit of an introduction here because today we're going to be talking about relationships. And I never thought I would be in the position to be offering any type of advice. But I guess over the years, uh, due to my own uh, multitude of mistakes and such, I've accumulated more breakup experience than uh, most people you probably ever encounter. So uh, somehow several people ask me advice on this and it's a bit of a stumbling point. But I think there are some important points, and I know you've had some questions. And my main thing on here, just before I hand it to you, the, the biggest consequence of this and why it's important and why it's worth talking about, even without being an expert, because I don't personally trust an expert on relationships from Princeton or whatever anyways, you know, mm-hmm. is for the average person, especially the average young person, this could be one of the biggest time wasters in life. It could be one of the most detrimental things that we can experience to our own psychology. It could be one of the things that holds us back the most. And this is a bad relationship or a breakup, you know, and unstable relationships and going from one to the other and all this. And the the problems that people usually ask about, it's usually internal. It's usually emotional. It's usually like trying to understand why this other person is thinking or acting this way, why they said that. It's in the past, basically. And as the opening statement, I would say, I kind of always refer in my modern self uh, to a statement by Grant Cardone. Maybe it comes from somewhere else, but he said very plainly that the past is for psychopaths. And this means that any one of us normal people, when we're hung up on especially a bad relationship or a bad breakup, when we're caught up in that and we're living in that past, we are a psychopath. We're not looking out for the needs of others. We're not being respectful to the people around us. We truthfully don't even care most of the time about the people around us at that time because we're obsessed with whatever's going on in our mind. And that one action there cuts us off from all progress. You know, breaking that is the main thing we have to do. There's, there's nothing, there's no way to get out of this cycle unless we break it ourselves purposely. So. It's a good opener. The past is for psychopaths. And it's gonna, that's going to matter on anything that anybody breaks up when anybody ever comes to you in the future for advice or whatever. Like, oh, what do I do about this person? The past is for psychopaths. And we can't live there. Um, I'm never going to forget that. It's so true. You can so easily get caught up in your own delusional idea of what is, you know, ruminating. But it's like you said, it's at the end of the day, it's just selfish. And you don't think about it like that because you fall into this trap of like victimhood. So you don't see yourself as a selfish one most of the time. Well, and you're also in pain. You expect everybody else to want to show sympathy to you and stuff. But uh, the truth is all mature people will be uh, dissuaded by this. You know, they'll be, they'll be pushed back from this. No one really wants to deal with it. And uh, it's because the past is for psychopaths basically. Nobody wants to get dragged down into the past, you know, to something you can't change. 
you know, maybe if you can change, I guess it's worth saying it's probably not even worth it, you know, most of these times. Absolutely. And I, I don't know, it's like a particular maybe to the time we're living in as well, but I think most people are feeling like a little bit extra hopeless about the future. I, I mean, I know myself included, so it makes it even easier to just, you know, you have to be really disciplined with your thoughts. That's kind of where it, what it comes down to. Otherwise, it's, it's so easy to fall back into old patterns of thinking. The discipline word is pretty important, too. So I, I can just kind of throw this in there. A lot of people, especially when they've been broken up with or, or whatever, um, you're probably going to be sitting there thinking about like, oh, what could what are they thinking? You know, what could I say to them next? You know, what could have changed this? Mm-hmm. Uh, what could I possibly do to change this in the future? Well, most of these are really a waste of time if you realize that that person didn't deserve you in the first place, which is kind of standard advice that you'll get. But having the discipline is only the only thing that's going to get you out of it. Discipline to sit down and focus on something else. Discipline to focus on the people who are there and are with you. Discipline to not contact that person, you know. I've fallen off on this stuff heavy and it's like the truth is if you if you contact these people it's going to do nothing but waste your time it doesn't matter who these people are you don't need to know them right when someone breaks up too they can be like oh you don't understand this person was so special we had this thing everybody who's you know over 30 or been in three or four relationships like we know that's just not true everybody becomes special when they become close to us you know, the people in our lives, most of the time, they aren't actually that special. Everyone's unique, but I mean, they're not rock stars. There's not, there's not anything spectacular about our brothers and sisters, usually, you know, yeah. our friends, our, our lovers, even like they're just, they're cool people. We like them. That's it. Most of the time. So it's just, we spin all these, all these webs of delusion and it's not true, you know, no, and none of those people care. And if you just put the discipline into becoming the person that you need to be doing the stuff that you need to do the stuff that's already right in front of you on your list putting new stuff on your list and discipline doing them and just ignoring the past i mean that's that's the way to conquer the world really it's so true i mean it's like just as easy to make the decision to not you know think about this person or get hung up on the what ifs what could i have done different it's just as easy to decide not to fall into that as it is to allow yourself to fall into that. I would even say it's easier to decide not to because you're obviously faced with more, you know, angst after after sitting there thinking about these things. And um, most of the time, it's like you realize, unfortunately, only after some time has passed, but at least in my experience, but like you realize that what made that person so special um, most of the time it was just your love for them. It wasn't even mm-hmm. like, it wasn't necessarily them as people. It was just what you felt for them that had given them this like special, um, you know, what do you call it? Like tint, if you will, that like sets them apart from everyone else. But once that, you know, once you come to terms with, with reality again, and you know, if you're no longer together, then they kind of go back to just being like everyone else. You know? Well, love is transferable. It's yeah. transferable like a dollar. People don't want to think like that, but it, it is. You love your dog. You, you, your dog loves you. You couldn't imagine your dog going with anybody else. 
No, you like, leave your dog with somebody else for a week and that person feeds them. They love them now just as much as they loved you, oh, you know? Wow. Interesting. It's true though. <laughs> it is true. Anybody who's moved away, I had best friends when I grew up and I moved to another town. You know, guess what? You get new best friends. You have to, or you're going to be alone <laughs> and sad thinking about yeah. your old friends, you know? But it's beautiful, really, because it's kind of just like a, one more proof of how adaptable we are. And Well, this is good, too. What if your partner dies? Like, God forbid, yeah. your partner gets hit by a car tomorrow. You need to be able to love again. You know, you can't live there in widowhood for whatever. We're young people, you know? Yeah. Like, you're in your late 20s. I'm in my early 30s. We have to be able to move on and to adapt to new things. You know, we have to be able to make new friends and, you know, enter in different levels of relationships with those people freely without, you know, being burdened by a non-transferable love, for instance, right? What if you could only ever love your mother? You know, what if you could only love the first person you dated? That'd be crazy. I know. It's, um, I, you know, I've been actually thinking about that one recently because it's almost like, uh, one of the, I would call it sort of like a requirement of like self-realization, at least for me personally, is loving someone and knowing that you're going to lose them someday. I mean, I think once you can do that, it, it's, it's really liberating. Most people, I don't know, maybe it's experience or age or what, but it's, I'm just learning <laughs> Because you have, like, a, you come from sort of a different end of the spectrum where it's like you've had a lot of breakups. But me, personally, I've only been in, like, a two or three that I would count, like, serious relationships. And I was never broken up with. <laughs> so, like, um, I don't know. I think there's, like, a subconscious thing at play there. With, like, for me, at least, you know, trying to... I'm realizing this now. Like, you know, reflecting all this year, last year... And I, I came to the, um, well, I, I just, I wonder, like, man, I asked myself, have I just been going for, like, guys that on a subconscious level I knew, like, would not break up with me so that I could just avoid having to deal with that, you know, like, accepting, loving someone, even though I'm going to lose them someday because that's just, like, unbearable or it was unbearable to me, right? Even though I didn't consciously think about it like this before, but. And yeah, that's interesting. And I don't know, like, um, I know we've talked, <laughs> we've talked about my situation, but like, it wasn't until recently that I was in, in like the first relationship that I would say of my adult life where I felt like the tables were turned, you know. So, um, that control that I felt like I had previously been able to maintain, um, it just wasn't there, and it it kind of I connected the dots, and it was like, well. No wonder I like lost interest in all these other previous previous guys that I had been involved with because I must have not really, you know, been that invested to begin with. Or I thought I was, I convinced myself I was, but like it was just a power game maybe for me, which is really like sounds really bad. I I, <laughs> I don't th I don't like to think that I was doing this, you know, consciously, but definitely. Well, it's an interesting thought. When I was 16, I bought uh, what I would consider my dream car. It was a uh, 1986 Lincoln Mark 7 drop down with a skirt on it. Oh, 
it was a real gangster ass car for a 16 year old but i ended up getting rid of that car partly because i kind of didn't want to drive it you know I, i would rather just and i did i got a kind of a beat up car that i could really just rock around town and drive over curbs if i felt like it i don't know you know like i just didn't care about it we could lean on it no problem but i'd be like don't lean on my car yeah, yeah. You know, I, and I didn't want to be one of those guys, that kind of thing. So this, is, this sort of reminds me of what you're saying to make friends or whatever uh, relationships that you're really not going to be that devastated if you uh, lose them. Mm-hmm. That's that's a problem, in my opinion. That would be a problem for anybody doing that. It, best advice anybody has ever given me is to hang out with and try and date and try and be friends with people above you always, mm-hmm. you know, it, as an artist, it does me no favors to hang out with artists that are not as good as me. Unless they're eager to learn and then you get to learn when you're teaching, but that's a different thing. But generally, they're not going to teach me anything. and They're just annoying me. I always tried to hang out with people that were better than me. I bug them and try and get as good as them as quick as possible, that kind of thing. Same with like girls. It's like you're, you're going to be bored. Actually, I would say in my experience, the ones that I actually did not feel were above me and uh, you know maybe we're eye to eye or whatever mm-hmm. like we're, we're not really different same socioeconomics we both got nothing i mean nothing special about them I mean, nothing special about me those are the ones that ended up like cheating on me and stuff you know i lost interest in them they lost interest in me it was the ones that were of a much higher caliber that you know we either fell out or we tried real hard there was a lot more effort there was a lot more passion but to be afraid to to fail right off the hop that's going to be a detriment anywhere you know in business you have to try things a hundred times i couldn't tell you we, we could sit here and have a two-hour conversation just about all the different businesses and business ideas that we've at least started on over the years it's tons tons huge list you have to be willing to fail you have to be willing to make the ten thousand mistakes on the light bulb or whatever you have to be able to sort relationships out you have to be able to just put the chips on the table i believe this and uh, if you don't you're just going to be missing opportunities or you're going to be acting timidly you know but I know people like you actually who they were girlfriends of mine that I couldn't figure out why are they always dating guys that are like lame you know because they're totally in control that's not something that they would admit it's something I I feel it's because they they maintain control over that person that person's not going to break up with them and if they choose to break up with that person that person's going to chase them to the end of the earth Exactly. It's like a control thing. And it's so funny because, um, well, what you're saying, it's like you have the first step of being good at something is being bad at something. And I mean, I, I would say it's, yeah, like you have to be willing to, to lose it all if you're going to gain any real like um, re- reward from it. But I think this going into relationships with like a fear or this kind of mindset is just becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy that the rug's just going to get pulled out from under you or even worse, like not having the self-awareness like me. I, I mean, I didn't think about these things like that we're talking about when I was entering my last relationship or the one before that. So it was like, totally a subconscious thing. And then, and then this, this most recently, um, I was confronted with like the reversal of that and I didn't it I mean it definitely transformed me so like I can already attest to the benefit of just you know being okay with like 
getting to know people, getting involved with people, keeping in mind that, you know, it's not about, it shouldn't be about control. It shouldn't be about, well, I hope this person likes me. Like, no, just, you know, I think, especially another thing, this is kind of um, maybe going off on like a tangent, but uh, getting into relationships with people, I think they would be much more likely to succeed when you can both come together and agree like that we're just going to enjoy each other while we have each other and the time that we get and, you know, not so focused on like the expectations, the future planning and stuff like that tends to go a lot smoother, I think. Um, And that's like, just has to do a lot with letting go of that need to control. We have like an obsessive need to, to try to control our life and like the situations and even the people in our life. And that's super unhealthy. And yeah, like I said, I, it's only, it was only this through this last, um, through this last experience of mine where I felt an utter lack of control that I also happened to experience the most growth. I would say, I always say that, but like the most, the biggest transformation I've undergone personally. And I would say in my romantic, you know, life and, yeah, it's given me a lot of, a lot of tools, and <clears throat> I've learned a lot already, and it's, um, it if I could jump in on a couple of these things here, yeah, yeah. there's a couple of things that jump off the page. With the control thing, I think the opposite of that, um, like being in total control of someone, being with somebody that you know is just never going to leave you, they couldn't possibly leave you, you're way out of their league, they, they wait on you hand and foot, they bring you breakfast in bed, you know, they massage your feet. That That's having total control over someone where they're a dog. That's not good. Mm-hmm. But having no control is the opposite because then you're the dog, right? So the, some control is necessary. And that whole, um, what you were speaking on was basically conclusions are killers. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, we should just, we should just see what happens. We should not be um, addicted to the idea of having a future together. We don't know what the future holds. We're going to take it day by day, but but you also do need to commit. I do believe that. You need some level of commitment and certainty and stuff after a certain amount of time. But that's still, it, that knowing you're going to lose them, yes, you're going, like your parents are going to die. If you live a healthy lifestyle and whatever, you, you will outlive your parents. You should. That's the natural order of things. You know, it doesn't mean you, you're scared to, to lose them necessarily. Like you have to just make the most of the time that you have together. And it's the same with relationships. And with a certain level of commitment, you can actually work together and build a future together and all that stuff. But you know, there's risk involved. That's just it. Like I get asked, you know, my girl asked me, how do you know we're going to be together forever? How do you know you're going to love me forever? I don't know these things. It's a scary you know, thought. I don't know these things. But a lot of millennials can take this too far as kind of a, a major problem in the, in the tinder world today too oh, right yeah. so being having no commitment is bad as well it's just as bad and you will never attain the deep levels of relationships that are the really the rewarding parts both in the the, the love part but also in the practical part there, there's nothing better than a life where people are literally working together for shared interests you know doing everything yourself sucks completely so having a good partner, the only way you're going to do it is by commitment. The only way you're going to commit is by accepting risk, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. I mean, the control thing is, is you know, like you can surrender, but, but what you're saying is true. You need to have some level of, um, it's, but you know, in my case, it was um, like if I'm touching on my own experience recently, it felt more like a, like a power struggle. <laughs> 
and um, very like push pull and I don't know how healthy that is but like it was different from everything I've ever had before and I found it like strangely addicting <laughs> um, that might be my own like uh, oh what you're describing is not getting what you want yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's a very powerful experience for a human being some people aren't used to it it's um right yeah and I mean plus you add in all the elements of long distance and the nature of so like I have um yeah I mean we can get into like the long distance relationships because I've been through two of those but um it's funny I'm (laughs) I'm twice divorced like right almost so (laughs) and I'm only 25 that's so crazy to me like but I've taken that as as like a that's something to be proud of obviously but I'm I'm holding on to it as like okay, lessons that I obviously needed and that are just going to help me (laughs) next time around. Well, you're never going to learn any lessons without taking some form of responsibility. And a marriage is a legal contract. that It is a responsibility. So whether there's divorces or not, it at least means you've you've entered into this and experienced it and hopefully learned from it. And it does does matter. Yeah, I don't know. I have my own thoughts on... on, uh on the whole like legality but you know my situation was not typical so like it wasn't ceremonious or like um anything like that it was kind of we that's the thing though that's where I went wrong is we used marriage as like a tool which it's totally not you know and the end result speaks for itself so but unfortunately I think um the way the world is right now it's kind of forcing people to rely on like that. I mean, I know it was the case for me. It was a loophole for us because he wasn't from, he wasn't American and in order to stay together, there was no other option. But again, it's, I don't know. I could go off on that, but um, I was really. Well, it's not going to be typical to the most of the problems people will be facing. I think there's, there's some core issues here really a lot of it is with self-identity you know i'm just gonna throw that out that in my experience with myself obviously and with a lot of the young people especially most of the confusion or the 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 emotional turmoil is from self-identity it really and this could be money you know this could be you you just beating yourself up for whatever you don't have Mm. you know uh, whoever you are not uh, the the girl or the guy who doesn't care about you anymore or whatever you know th- these hard realities really are you can look at them however you want it just wasn't meant to be it's the truth the answer is for you to get better and you to be better or you to find someone who isn't as good as that last person you know and most of us don't want to go for that last option we want someone better than the last person we want someone who's going to you know understand us better and stick with us and all that kind of stuff and this doesn't say anything bad about the other person right one of the easiest thing to do is to just say oh that other person's they're a bitch or they're a they're an idiot or they're whatever it doesn't even matter we're just as much of an idiot for messing around with people who are not on our level anyways so we can just move past everything set blame aside completely forget about the conclusions and the only reason i'm drawing into this is because action is the only thing that's ever helped me and it's the only thing that's ever helped pretty much anybody i've ever heard of in in terms of depression or breakup 
you know, I've been through so many breakups, sitting there dwelling on the past, this and that. I've done everything you could name. I've gone to people's windows and sung the love songs, not literally, but close, you know, chased them, not chased them, uh, whatever, just everything you could possibly name, gotten every little bit of advice that, that you could ever think of and tried it and tried the opposite and none of it ever worked. Nothing ever worked because when the light switch is off, it's off whether it's you or them. And the truth is, even if you get another chance, it's never going to be the same. And maybe some people will beg to differ and say, oh, my wife and I broke up for a while, but we're back. We've been back for 30 years or whatever. When you're a young person sitting there in the midst of a breakup, it doesn't matter comparing yourself to other people and stuff anyways. And the only real answer is to get serious and, and obsessed with your own actions, whatever you have to do. And if most people don't know what they have to do and they wake up and they wing it Absolutely. you know or yeah. and I, i'm not bashing you here Savannah, but i've got school coming up soon i've been here too i've got school coming up soon i'm just I'm relaxing for a little bit i'm not worried about it. but if you're depressed mm-hmm. or you're going through a breakup or something sitting around is bad it's actively yeah. bad you know another saying from grant cardone part of the reason i love him so much he says if you want to leave if you want to meet the devil just leave your schedule blank just leave your calendar blank you will meet the devil you whatever pain that you have that you want to dwell on you want new pain you can get it by leaving your schedule empty Absolutely. so th- in the midst of a breakup or anything and this is always this is my thinking too i think the right outcome is in order what is supposed to happen has happened and it is going to happen so if i get busy on building myself which is what we're supposed to do here i think you're either going to get the old one back that you really think you want they're your true love or whatever or you're going to get a new one that's better or not better objectively, but better for you. Who the heck knows? But some other thing is going to be presented to you as long as that's what you want. Uh, I'm speaking like a hippie here, but you said something earlier here that made me write down what you believe will happen. So if you go into something with maybe there's secret expectations, unconscious expectations, like you said, maybe I'm going for some people who are not going to leave me subconsciously because I'm in control. Well, if you believe that subconsciously, that's going to be what happens. You're going to get an imbalanced Mm -hmm. relationship and you're probably not going to be happy with it. So if you really believe that that person is the one and you just need time, they just need to go to college, whatever, then you need to get busy on your action and maybe they'll see that and they'll come back because I don't know any other way to do it. I've never seen begging somebody work, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, never seen depreciating yourself further work and i've done that a lot you know the only way is to increase the value of yourself and you will get the right outcome that you deserve and then truthfully a lot of this other stuff doesn't even matter like a lot of the things that uh, we're self-conscious about they totally disappear for example i'm terrible at basketball i grew, I grew up with bone disease you know i was, I was birth defects and really? bone disease i couldn't even catch a basketball it would hurt I fractured my arm by swinging a golf club and hitting the ground once, you know, so it's no joke. I'm not playing games like that. And I was self-conscious about that. Right. Also, as a young kid, I can't fight. I got to hang around with people who can fight because I can't defend myself. Self-conscious, very self-conscious about this. Over the years, my friends and myself would recognize that I had other talents. You know, my best friends, he wouldn't invite me to help him fix his roof. He would say, I know your skills lie elsewhere. It's exactly the word, the phrase that we would use. And I would use the same thing to him. I would do his homework back in the day because I could do it quick. 
and we could hang out after. And they would defend me physically. Yeah. You see what I'm saying here? A lot of things we can be self-conscious about because you have that story too. You're probably not good at a thousand different things that you could name. Can you play the saxophone? No. And you probably don't spend any time sitting there dwelling about it if you have stuff that you actually do like and you do care about and if you do have any skills at all. A lot of us, when we're sitting there in breakup mode, we kind of are on the downswing or we have not come up yet. We maybe don't have a lot of money. Maybe we're young. Maybe we still live at home. You know, we don't have anything to show for ourselves. We don't have any skills developed. All of these things snowball into each other. A lot of it relies on some basic <clears throat> knowledge and skills that is basically you just doing homework. Doing homework is distracting. This is just reading books. Maybe you're this is why even reading a personal development book of any kind can just be one of the simplest things that anybody can do to take action. And this is not just random. I'm sad. Okay. Schedule. Where's my schedule? You don't have a schedule. We have lists every day around our house. We have to-do lists. We have things. If there's just a random sheet of paper floating around, it's because there's something written on that sheet of paper that I have to do. And I don't like pieces of paper floating around my house. I don't like clutter. Same. So I need to do that thing on that list and throw it out. You know? So if you've got nothing, I'm not even just speaking to you at this point. I'm speaking, speaking to the 18-year-old yeah. males getting up on me about how do I get this girl back? Pick up a book and write down on your schedule, oh, read. Absolutely. From the time I wake up, and not just wake up random, wake up at a proper time. If it's seven, whatever. I woke up at four this morning started reading i've been doing this for 15 years 16 years and this is the only thing that's built me into the type of person who could communicate with excellent people basically right who could hang out with excellent people who could attract excellent people who could maintain excellent people because despite my flaws now i have skills that i feel good about that stuff that i was yeah. talking about with basketball i still can't play basketball i have fixed my problems physically i still don't care about basketball at all and it doesn't hurt my ego at all and Dropping the ego might be one big thing here too. Ego death. Maybe we could go into that. Breakups are one of the best gateways to ego death if you actually experience it properly. Experience it, meaning accepting it. That's probably what makes it proper. If you accept what has actually happened, if you accept that you cannot change these events, you know, now you are dropping your ego. The egos need to control everything around it. You know, the egos need to have answers. The the better salesman, the better husband is going to be one that doesn't care about the answers that much. I don't care about the technicalities that much. You know, for sure. It's, uh, by the way, it's worth saying too with sales, a lot of these uh, same problems come up with sales as relationships, it, believe it or not. It's, uh, I was going to say, yeah, it's such an applicable thing, like across the scale. And I know we've talked about it, and I'm always fascinated because these things that you tell me, um, like what you said earlier about leaving your schedule. Like if you want to meet the devil, leave your schedule open. I never forgot that. And it's been like, and then I find that certain things like that are at the forefront of my mind. And that's how I know that those were the things that I like needed to hear, you know, like if I find that it keeps coming up. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, like being young, being like, just if you're going through like a breakup um, and Especially in our age, it's so like this culture of instant gratification uh, really discourages us from like, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I can imagine it's for, um, you know, a lot of people, but it really discourages you from putting in like the 
the work, let's call it like the boring work every day, like planting the work, planting the, the action. seeds, you know, like you mm-hmm. don't see anything coming out of it right away. So you feel like, well, you know, what's the point? And that's so. Despite its name, action yeah, is very it boring. Is. It's so boring. And like, mm-hmm. I find it a struggle even for myself to do the things that I genuinely like to do. You know what I mean? Because it's just so easy to like mm-hmm. sit around and <laughs> dwell. Like, especially because I'm so, I think I'm very like cerebral and I already spend like more time than I should in my mind, like in my head. And that's something that I've been actively trying to get out of because the action is so necessary. Like I, and then I'll just be five minutes into doing something right. That, you know is like my dance or whatever and I'm like I find myself thinking like man why don't I do this like why don't I fill my day with this type of stuff because I'm so I just feel so like like where I need to be like zen like I'm not driving myself mad over these things that and I and I feel like you know when we get those moments of like anxiety or um you know thoughts creep in like you're not your thoughts and I feel like depression itself is like a type of I would I would say like a demonic possession like a small scale Mm -hmm. but like even just those little thoughts are like are like demonic parasites that are just leeching off of you and we don't think about it like that because we're just now the whole stigma of like mental health and you know they've normalized it to the point where you're supposed to have anxiety you're supposed to have depression like it's it's so backwards because that doesn't help anybody like that's um you know where attention goes energy like flows or what is it attention is the currency of the universe so it really is as simple as Mm -hmm. just disciplining your thoughts and from there it becomes exponentially easier to discipline your actions and i think i suffer personally a lot from like uh what is it uh paralysis analysis you know I have to just do it. If I think about it, I will, I will not do it. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've driven. I mean, this is kind of like going off on another thing, but I'll drive to the gym and like, I sit in the parking lot, I get all the way there and I think about it. And then I just turn around and go back home because I'm like, I just, it's crazy. Like, and then I'm like so mad at myself, but it's like, (laughs) you can't think about it. You just have to do, just do it. Like it's overrated to think so much. And really, you just have to start, too, is getting one foot yeah. in front of the other one. I used to work at the gym. We'd try and break it down to as easy steps as we can, right? People would come in with no experience or really not wanting to do it. And they're like, okay, what do I got to do? But they're envisioning the whole. They're envisioning the conclusion. We're like, yo, go upstairs and <laughs> put a T-shirt on. Just, you know, to focus on the foot that's in front of you. Don't be stressing about what's next. But I want to say, too, you made me think, the past isn't real. It's not like the past is for the psychopaths because the past exist. is not real if you speak to somebody in your head you're not speaking to somebody it's a figment of your imag- imagination the the person that you're having this conversation with you know it's our, our ex so you're reliving these conversations you're distorting them they're distorting them you wouldn't even believe go back to your old friends from childhood and go to the one memory that you have together and then try and describe that day chances are you guys are going to be way off you know One of the things I've learned from dozens of breakups is we just mash the story up on both sides. We have no idea. Whatever we do in the past is is Play-Doh, and it completely changes whatever actually happened. So whatever you think happened didn't even happen. Whoever you think you're talking to in your head doesn't exist. 
right? The, the person that you're speaking to in your head only exists in the present and you're not speaking to them. So this is what makes you a psychopath. This is what makes you delusional. This is what makes you Absolutely. psychotic, you know, being caught up in something that is completely it's... fictional. At least in the future, you are yeah, you imagining. You can create, you can, you have a chance actively. of like actually bringing something to fruition that way. But you're not pretending yeah, that this yeah. is the way, you know, I'm, this is the way the card, this is what I could have said. You're not acting out some stupid scenario that's kind of already happened. You're not trying to remodel the past. You're just dreaming. You're, th- you're thinking new things. You're being creative. This is, this is one of the ways to stop thinking about the past. Immediately think about the future. And you could, if you actually look in uh, a lot of psychology books, like self-help psychology books, this is cognitive behavioral therapy. When you have negative thoughts come up, you need to stamp them out. You need to recognize them and be like, oh, nope, I'm thinking of that yeah. uh, that girl. Nope, I'm thinking some crazy thought. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of her saying something to me. Wait a minute. She didn't say anything to me, you know, or she said that thing to me four years ago. I need to forget it. This is what it actually teaches you in cognitive behavioral therapy. And you write it down, you replace Absolutely. it with a new thought. If you're having thoughts about the past that, that bug you at all, you need to consciously stop it. And every any mature person is going to tell you this. If you keep thinking about it, it's going to grow. Where your attention goes, grows. What you believe will happen, will happen. And if you sit there and you think you're just sitting there in, your, in this black hole of the past, really the only thing that is going to happen is you're going to continue to drown yourself in that. There is no conclusions from that. No action will happen. Nothing's going to happen on its own either. Like you're, The love of your life isn't going to come and knock on the door. And just be like, hey, you know, these things take action. And I know you got something to say, but I, I want to jump back in that action is boring. It is boring. All the stuff that we need to do to get ahead of life is boring. Most of the reason most people are poor is because they refuse to do boring things. They refuse to wake up every single day and read. They refuse to make those phone calls. You know how boring phone calls are? Sell, uh, sales calls? Horribly boring. Rip my hair out boring. When I was poor, I had to do them. You got to call people because no one's just going to show up at your door and say, hey, I want to buy your product. I'm going back to sales here. Same way to be a better boyfriend, better girlfriend, better lover, better, better, more attractive catch yourself and how to get a more, more attractive catch yourself in all ways. Smarter, funnier, you know, more capable, more responsible, more determined. That way is by taking these small actions that improve yourself through research, homework, practice, and realistic expectations conclusions are killers because unrealistic expectations are the number one cause of disappointment and it's the number one cause of disappointment in relationships too and when you start sales training you learn that a professional baseball player hits three out of ten they don't hit ten out of ten we don't hit ten out of ten with with relationships that's weird that's abnormal you know it's weird for ten out of ten people to like you it's weird for you to knock on 10 doors and everybody to invite you in and buy your product. What's going on here? That's not the world we live in. And if you expect your first prospect to buy off you, you're wrong. If you expect, I mean, maybe you get lucky, but like, don't expect that. Expect to talk to 10 before one's interested and then expect to be a crappy closer because you haven't learned. You haven't done the boring actions with discipline. All these words came up. They're the same thing that gets you out of bad relationship. I was a nobody with nothing. You know, it took years of extremely boring daily action every day, scheduled to make sure I didn't fall off track and lose my mind, no. you know, writing it down. What am I going to do? Before I had anything to do, I'd read a books all day. I said, I said, a books because I smashed that up. Sometimes it would be two or three books in one day because I didn't have anything to do. This girl left me this person. I'm in this new town. I don't know what to do. Well, 
you might as well read books. Because watching Netflix isn't going to help you. You know? There's very few things that are going to help you. Calling old friends is not going to help you. Hey, how's it going? You know? Calling your mom ain't going to help you unless she's a millionaire. You know, calling someone who's got more money than you, who's better than you, who's you more successful like than you. Calling someone who has more successful relationships than you. And if you... Like, the questions that you were asking me kind of when you were going through this, if you were to ask that to anybody who's who's happily married, I think they would have said the same thing. Like, just even without batting an eye, whether they knew you or not. And they wouldn't care what the other person is like. It doesn't matter. They would say, that person doesn't deserve Plain it. And simple. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And if you don't believe that, then you need to get solid on mm. building yourself. Because a lot of times someone will look at you and I'm now I'm talking about you directly. So I'm going to look at you, someone like you, and say, a person has potential. I have no idea what they do, but you can just look in someone's eyes and you can say, that person has potential. So that's probably what attracted the decent person anyways. And if for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I don't think this applies to you, but if for whatever reason you weren't good enough for that person, all you need to do is fulfill your p- potential. You see what I'm saying? People seeing potential in you is one of the greatest signs that means you don't have that much work oh, to do all you got to so do true. is that boring stuff every day yeah it's not like you're dumb and you have to learn how to read people are like yo you you're good man all you got to do is do the actions every day until you're successful it's like it's literally a one-to-one formula you got to use some creativity but that you're going to do that man, you I, know yeah everything that you're saying it's um it keeps bringing me back to this like programming that we are victims of I mean I don't want to say victims but like we have undoubtedly been conditioned you know all of us in like different subtle ways but but yeah to like expect always this grandiose like um you know entitlement yeah entitlement I I was I also wanted to say that um just like for the guys out there I absolutely can like confirm that the best thing that you can do is read. Like if you don't know, if there's nothing else that you can like manage to get yourself, you know, to do, but like if you read, that's, I mean, that's just one of the best investments I think that you can put like, you know, for yourself and, and it's going to show, you know, that's the thing. It's like, it's not even something that you really have to apply because, um, I mean, I'm sure certain subjects, yes, but like, it's kind of like, um, it does its own work. Like when you, when you're committed to bettering yourself, to learning, it's going to show when you speak to people and like what you said, um, one time, I don't know if it was directly to me, but like how it took you a long time to become interesting, you know, like that's what the world is missing is interesting people people don't have the patience anymore similar to how they don't have the patience to do the work the boring work every day they don't have the patience to to read books anymore like you know it's um it's it's this whole this problem is like manifested in a lot of different areas but i think yeah reading is is a big thing so that's like one of the best things you can do for yourself and you know especially if you want to attract the type of person that is going to appreciate you for for, well, me personally, knowledge is like a big, a big thing, you know, when I, when I'm like seeking out like a partner or a potential guy, it's, um, it's really about like what's on the inside. 
I mean, I know that sounds super cliche. Obviously, physicality matters. That's like the first thing that draws us to people, but it doesn't last long, you know, like it's very short lived. And if you can't back that up with something of substance, then you're not you're not setting yourself up for, you know, uh, good chances that that you're going to get someone, you know, who's going to how do I say this? She's saying girls yeah. like guys who read guys. It's very true. The first thing that ever paid off for me with reading was a choice of women. And that's never gone away. Most because most guys don't read, guys so, don't read straight like, up. I can't tell you how quickly I have been like turned off when I just when I can get that like I don't wanna say like I, I feel it, like that's sounds kinda of judgy, but you know, like you can talk and after a little bit you kind of get the gist of like what they're about i don't know it's 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 really it's deeper than that but yeah read 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 like that's i'm telling you if you want somebody like a girl that's intelligent you know i'm not speaking about myself but just in general like you know you i know several women who won't even go on a date with you if you don't have a book i won't like i won't won't. and i i like despise myself almost for having dated this one guy that like looking back I mean I was really young you know I'm, I'm relatively like inexperienced I'm 25 almost 26 but like relationship wise I like I said I'm only you know but this guy never read and I'm like I would look back and I mean I realized why I was with him is because like he he um you know he sold the hashish so that for me was like a <laughs> But I wasn't serious about him. That's my point. Like, I could never take him seriously. I looked down on him. I didn't respect him. I thought he was dumb, like, straight up. And I just, that was how that ended. So, anyways, um, I really also wanted to just say that, like, with the, uh, what you were saying, you know, where our thoughts go, we're so powerful. Like, people, that's another thing with the programming and, like, the conditioning is that, like, we're, we've been like made to think that we're all broken and that we're all, you know, like really fucked up inside. Um, and the thing is, it's like, yeah, we all come with our, you know, we're all, we all have our problems, but we're so powerful and that power comes, it comes down to the thoughts. It really is that simple. And like, it's made out to be so complicated. Like you need all these things in order to tap in, but you really don't like it's all within you you just have to sit with yourself more and that's another thing people especially our age I feel like myself included like we're not willing to just sit with it anymore like you know you have endless options to to kind of numb out whatever it is you may be feeling that's unpleasant but I've learned personally when you numb out like the bad things you also numb yourself to the joy to the little moments of joy that do come into our life that we just we don't we take for granted because we're just wallowing you know but anyway you really can't apply yourself to the action properly either. yeah you just can't it's it's you know you're you're taking away your own power you know you're you're not giving yourself that fair chance when you don't realize like your own your own power like our minds are like supercomputers. you know the, the way that the way that uh the way that our eyes generate like a, a view of the world outside to us internally, I think it works both ways. You know, the, the eyes serve as a two-way thing. And so the world outside of us is generated based on what is going on on the inside. And it's like, it's like our brains are the computer and the world around us is the monitor, if that makes sense. 
this might sound far out for some people, but this is fairly mainstream, yeah, actually, you know, at this point, this is morphic fields, morphic residents, basically. Mm-hmm. It's a two-way projection uh, fields that we seem um, to inhabit. Yeah. But it means we create our reality, which is it, true and important. It's not just like bad thoughts make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. Bad thoughts poison Absolutely. your reality. Yes. Oof. In every physical way. Yeah. It's it's um it's like when you don't have that discipline, you destroy yourself so fast. And and so I wanted to like get into though like this um the the long distance relationships because I think with um since everything since last year the pandemic and stuff, you know, I think a lot of us have found ourselves in situations or relationships or situationships that have um, been, you know, yeah, long distance. And, and a lot of us have come to rely on social media, right, for our interactions and and stuff like that with other people, which is crazy to me. But, like, that's just the world we live in, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's crazy hard, but like, I mean, I've met my last three girlfriends yeah. on Instagram. And quite honestly, for better or worse, they've been phenomenal choices. Like, I, I'm not likely to meet that type of person on the street. I live in a very small town. I know exactly what's on offer here is what I'm saying. So utilizing social media and like this can connect us with incredible people all across the world. It just makes it much more exactly. difficult when we're not, it's not to yeah, travel, the thing is, it's like it's you know, inherently bad. I mean, it's obviously it's it's a great tool. Like I've met so many people online, like I would even go as far as to say I don't even have any real friends here. Like I don't hang out with anyone. All my friends are you like people online that I that I just have built like a connection with. And I'm like, I've come to really appreciate. And I know it's like, you know, people will say, oh, well, that's that's not the same thing. But it is because the energy is real. And um you know, it may be, it may be, um, what's it called? Like, it's different when you have, you know, that's, that's where the, the big difference is coming to play is when you're talking about friends versus people that you actually, you know, develop feelings for and then it gets messy. But, you know, for some people it works out and for me it worked out for a while, but it's like, um, one of the things that problem is what we were talking about earlier. I think, uh, what you mentioned, it's still trust and commitment, I think, is still the biggest components there. It's just yeah. harder to establish trust and commitment over the phone. You know, it can be it done. Can it's be done, like but... if both people are on the same, you know, you have to be reasonable, but you also have to be, like, willing and know what you want. And, like, one of the things that I found a big problem is uh, the idealizations um, that we you know, each of us is like, has all of these beads and jewels and whatnot, like embedded in the gold of our character. And um, when we're getting to know someone like that, we, that we haven't actually met, or we don't get to spend time with like that, you know, it leaves a lot of blanks to fill in. And we're fantastic at filling in those blanks ourselves, despite, you know, them having any relevance to the truth. We just like to, you know, fill it with something so i mean we can't really confirm what they're doing usually yeah, so and, we can kind of make and, it up 
we can make that up with a fantasy exactly, or with like jealousy yeah, randomly and that stuff. Like if it, and that's makes it adds another like layer of you know it's really complex if you don't have a handle on your insecurities or you know what I mean like um in my case it was um just a lot of assumptions like a lot of jumping to conclusions um you know I pride myself on being like open-minded right so I'm never going to judge somebody like write them off without giving them like a benefit of the doubt I may be too good at giving people the benefit of the doubt but um it wasn't the case for the guy that I was you know the guy that that I was involved with he was very much like just a problem that I found is like yeah trying to tell me how I felt or like what what it was like you know and I I didn't like that I I really don't like that because I'm not like that I don't think so it just caused a lot of friction and I I stopped I started seeing him as like not open-minded in that but you know lack of communication I think to be able to do long distance properly it requires a much higher caliber caliber person it requires so much mm-hmm. discipline I'm just talking about the relationship itself I use these words elsewhere for other things but like a long distance relationship mm-hmm. requires more discipline than normal more commitment than normal more attention than normal believe it or not you know we do need to be in contact we need to be scheduled we need to be like it's just the things that suck but that they have to be done or it probably isn't going to work you know this is not world war ii we're not writing letters back and forth like people expect communication and it's kind of the best we can do but it means you can't have a lame person as a long distance boyfriend or girlfriend exactly because they just won't keep up with it it's too much work honestly so you you need to ratchet up every requirement that there is more compatible Mm -hmm. right more worth it you know who is this person are they are they really worth resettling are they really worth you know going through this massive amount of effort even to see each other i just took a trip down to go see my girl a few months ago cost me almost three thousand dollars for for eight days you know i mean this this takes major commitment and discipline and work and effort and love and everything that that was already required for a decent relationship just to try it out you just need to 10x it yeah 3x it 10x it whatever throw it through the roof because if it's not worth it you won't do it and it's too easy to just get something easy you know like it's not don't even you know don't even invest your time if it's not somebody that you're like (laughs) you know if it's not your dream person i don't want to say that but like yeah basically what you said i I think um that there has to be an uptick of of all of the things that you already look for in somebody and they just have to be that great honestly because like you said higher caliber yeah you have to be disciplined you have to be patient you have to be reasonable you have to be open-minded like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and more patient than normal right more reasonable than normal and more accommodating I was in a long distance for about a year, um, a year and eight months. Uh, my, my, not the most recent, but the one before. And like, it was really easy for us because he was the type of person that was very confident in himself. And he didn't, he didn't have insecurities that let's say my last one did that it didn't work. Right. And I'm kind of, I don't like to compare, but it's, 
in all of the self-reflection I've done, I can't help but see those differences and like, okay, what made one go smoother and the other one not, you know, smooth? It's like, well, the one that went smoother, the guy had, you know, a high level of confidence in himself, in me, like there was a lot of trust. Basically, like he knew he was the shit kind of. Mm. And so he didn't, he wasn't always thinking I'm out with like other guys or I'm going to be like, you know what I mean? And that, and that was really refreshing. Like Mm -hmm. that made it so that I didn't want to go and like seek out something else, you know, like I was very, um, that's not, that's just not something you find nowadays um, as much. And another thing was like um, the commitment, right? But like with this, the one that didn't go smooth, um, there were definitely insecurities that like crept up and obviously the nature of it is different because now with the pandemic and everything you can't see you can't even see the you know you can't even go travel like it's damn near impossible but um another thing I wanted to touch on was um is this how we present ourselves through social media is like it can be very tricky because I know I try to be cognizant of like not putting out an image that is let's say like a better version of me but at the same time it's the very nature of it like you can't help but do that like even if you think you're not you still are putting out like you know um yeah like why would you for sure you're not showing your trash like you're not gonna volunteer bad parts about yourself like that's that kind of goes against like our nature well, some people kind I mean, of do yeah, on do social it media. I don't think it helps intentionally, you know. but it's like Not that much. those things come out regardless. But it just sucks when you have to invest so much time, and then after a long time, you realize, like, damn, this person is not. You know what I mean? Like in my case, um, I don't want to keep going back to my case, but um, it's like you, you like my lack of experience didn't help me, didn't enable me to identify. I don't even like using the term red flags. I don't know why I have such a problem with that. But, um, you know, the signs of like somebody that maybe just isn't ready or isn't healed or isn't, I don't want to use like levels because I think levels like that are kind of bullshit. But, um, you know. There's some very easy things to, to pull out, though. We have to vet a lot of people nowadays. We have to do this for everyone who comes into our life. And we have, to, you have this instinct. Everybody has this instinct. Mm-hmm. It's called our gut. You know, uh, we can tell when something is off. We just, if you don't know what you're looking for, the main things are blaming others and taking responsibility, lacking of, take, of taking responsibility. These two things just, they're the opposite of each other. I mean, blaming others and then taking responsibility. They show up no matter who that person is. You could speak to them for five minutes if they're not a person who takes responsibility for their own actions, they're no good, period. I mean, and this means like, you know, they're not a good employee. They're not going to be a good friend. They're not going to be good. They're not good for you. And this is probably 60% of people, you know. I, children don't learn to take responsibility until they're older. So this is a, a child. You're dealing with a child if they're blaming others or not taking responsibility for themselves, the way that they speak, this will, this ricochet and echo through everything they say. For example, 
right now, a lot of the stuff we're talking about, I'm actually going through because my girl's in another country and I can't see her. So I can mope about it. And sometimes I do mope about it, but I can't afford to mope that much. I can't afford to think that much. I have a schedule of things to do every single day. I wake up and I read and then I get into my business, which is I go into the sales floor and the DMs and see what's there and handle that and then get on to the next thing, which is usually media production. Saying that I'm busy. I'm committed to the process that I know that's going to give me the resources to have a mature relationship. This means money, you know, guy or girl doesn't matter. Chances are a lot of the stress in the relationship or lack thereof or whatever is about money, you know, so rather than sitting around moping, blaming others, blaming the economy, you know, we got a new business in a crazy economy, crazy economy. But anybody who's paying attention to anything we're posting, I really have tried to complain as minimal as absolutely possible. And even the complaints have put them in the form of some form of information, you know, (laughs) like rather than just saying, this is stupid, at least posting a piece of information and commenting on it. Anyways, I know it's going to take me a massive amount of action to get what I need in life, which is a, a comfortable relationship and uh, even making it together right now. This would be the same if it was a breakup. It would be the exact same. I would still have to be committed to doing the actions every single day because if I sit around, it, it, this is not even double whammy or triple whammy. This is why the black hole of depression is so destructive and why I started this off by saying it's the biggest time waster in the whole world because you're not being productive when you're sitting around moping. You're not even thinking about what you're going to do to be productive, right? We spend so much time not thinking about the past, thinking about, this is business, what we're going to do, what we're going to produce, you know, what we're going to do next. If we're moping around, we're not thinking, we're not even thinking about the plan. We're not even thinking about what we're going to do next. And we're definitely not doing anything. You know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't know about you. I can't have a fight with my ex-girlfriend in my head and type a spreadsheet at the same time. I can't do it. I can't fulfill a customer order and be thinking about my ex-girlfriend at the same time. I can't even speak to a customer and think about my ex-girlfriend at the same time. My brain doesn't work that way, and I don't think anybody's does, right? So we're, we're failing to be productive. We're failing to plan to be productive. We're wasting a freaking day. One day, you can do a lot, man. One day, you could do a 1,000 sales calls. The average person doesn't answer their phone. You could do a 1,000 sales calls. If you don't have a job, you could get you could do a thousand job calls. You could do a thousand prospect calls. You could offer you know uh, someone spectacular free service to have them as a mentor wherever you're at in life. I mean, one day you can do a terrific amount of, of action. Yesterday I finished. Let finish. Wow. I worked on four different paintings. You know, partially I'm saying this because I was actually feeling bad yesterday. You know, we we are facing this. Yeah. I can't see my girlfriend. I'm freaking tied up about it. My business is doing better right now, so I actually have employees who are taking a lot of work off my hands. That means I have to actually now actively work to put new things on my list and do them. And most of them are incredibly boring, incredibly boring, right? A lot of people glamorize. This goes with the, like, with the girl or the guy, too. Picture your dream wife. Mm-hmm. And I know you're a girl, but I'm mostly speaking to a male audience. Your, your dream wife or your dream husband chances are the person on their arm in real life has worked incredibly hard for years and done amazing amounts of boring work, right? The nerdy little doctor's got the supermodel wife. He did years of boring, boring work, really boring work. Most people can't even handle school. It's too boring. You know, those who can, they come out with skills. Point being, 
all of this is going to be, you know, what's going to need to build you into the person that you're going to need to have your best life, no matter what, no matter who your best life is, no matter what your best life is. Mine happened to be what you're just talking about long distance. The expectations happen to be ratcheted up. It cost me an exponential amount more to have a relationship with someone who hails from another country than from my own country. There is many more expenses encountered. That means I have to be a bigger person with more money. And how does that work? More time doing the building, the person building, the personal development, the reading, the research, the homework. More time doing the practice if needed on new things. More time sitting down and getting new ideas on the table. More time developing those ideas. It's more, 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 more. In all of this, there is no time to be depressed. It's almost impossible. If your schedule is full to the brim, you don't have time to be depressed. I mean, it's true. Man, like everything you're saying, it's like it resonates. I just, you know, feeling like you have no time for yourself is a really good thing because that's when you know that you're doing what you need to do. Like you're going to have, I think, like when you are just focused on being the best version of yourself and genuinely, you know, things always work out. Like that's the best thing you can do. That's, there's no question about it everything just tends to fall into place when you're when you're aligned you know and and yeah and a lot of it's boring a lot of it like we don't want to do but that's life like we were not that's what I'm saying that we're fed this idea that like we we need to be immersing ourselves in the next adventure all the time we need that dopamine it's like and when you don't have it it's and then, you know, social media has created a super destructive, like, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. All of those are such millennial things. And if you talk to anyone from any yeah. other generation, they're going to say, yo, it's you, need to work. <laughs> you, need, you need to work. Mm-hmm. You just need to stay. No, busy, you don't need to. You don't need to meditate. You need to work. When I personally have, yeah. like, reached my moments of clarity have always been when I'm busy, when I'm like doing stuff that let's say at the beginning, I didn't quote want to do. Right. But like I needed to, or I just, I know it's what I should have done for myself. And it's like those moments of clarity come when you are just grinding. Like when you're just doing something that isn't all that exciting, but you're, but you're like, wow, this is life. Like I'm living. (laughs) This is, this is what it is. And you find like absorbed. I mean, I find joy in that because it's like, just being present is a big thing like when you're present everything is you know everything is like up to you if if you want to make it every experience positive or negative because you when you're present you have the power you have all the power to choose how you're going to react to certain things and I find most of the time when we're present we can make a much more conscious decision to act reasonably to react reasonably to things and you literally have in that there's power to make your entire life nothing but good memories if you think about it because a memory is really based on how you react to a situation at least for me that's kind of how it feels like like if something really you know unfavorable happens but I I can sort of react in a way that you know is grounded and is like let's say coming from my higher self without getting to, I, I look back on that and I'm like, wow, that wasn't so bad. Like it, 
and it's because of my own reaction to it you know you you really do have a lot of power over your own perceptions of of things like you, you stop becoming a victim and all in all but you know it's refreshing when you can think about these things and it's not going to always be perfect it takes practice and I'm still learning all of this stuff to, like on a daily basis you know but um yeah the millennial culture is very much stacked against us like it's well this millennial culture let me let me grab this in here and and kind of wrap it up to at 67 minutes um one thing that one major thing that millennials don't want to accept and that this modern world doesn't seem to want to accept is that victimhood that if you are if things happen to you you are a victim period and in the material um godless world i guess the, the scientific worldview that they're putting out that that kind of is the case but in personal development whether you like it or not they're going to teach you that you things don't happen to you they happen because of you and if you can just accept that and let your ego just just die with that statement there, things happen because of you and accept that and accept that this is the way the world works, it will go so much further. I don't know anybody who operates on the other principle that things happen to them. I don't expect chance to help at all. I don't expect opportunities to fall in my lap. Only if I'm following the actions with faith. I want to put faith in here as the 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 capstone here that's the end of the this whole thought as you were mentioning a lot about mm-hmm. faith and a lot of what we touched on actually touched on faith in my opinion this whole thing about control conclusions a conclusion is a lack of faith i have faith that the right outcome is going to happen i don't know what the right outcome is i don't know where we're going to end up with you know i don't know whether we're going to have a boy or a girl i don't know whether we're going to i don't know you know i don't know how long we're going to live i don't know any of this stuff but i have faith See what I mean? I don't know if this goal is the right one. I don't know. I can't know. But I have faith that I'm on the right path and that I'm doing the best that I can and I'm being the best that I can be. And I'm not obsessed with the past. All right? I am here. I am present. You know, if my mom dies tomorrow, I can say, you know what? At least in the last year, I tried to be a better son. You know, I saw her last time I hugged her. I told her I loved her. What do, what do you want me to do? Can't beat myself up about it because I did the right thing. You know, when you're a depressive mope and the whole world passes you by, you start to feel real crappy about the stuff that you missed too. But if you just had faith, truly, actual, literal faith that the right outcome is in order and all you actually have to do is follow the steps, that you will get there. People, a lot of young people will be like, yo, this dude's telling me just, if I'm depressed, just read books, man. Just, just busy myself. It will. You read a whole bunch of books. You don't know what that's going to do to your brain. But one day you're going to talk to somebody, something's going to come out of your mouth that impresses them. They're going to offer you some opportunity. And if you're smart enough to show up on time and actually complete the task that is asked of you and provide value to that person, that person might propel you forward into your own success or be a stepping stone. It's going to be the same with any, any relationship. If you do your best and you're simply satisfied with that and you simply accept that things happen as they happen and that sometimes... Well, you don't know these things. A lot of people don't know these things yet. But sometimes a person just walks out. You have no, no idea. You got no idea. No idea. You wake up and they're gone. And you can't understand why. And you'll never figure that out. You'll never find out. <laughs> you know? And even if they told you, you, you'll still be, still be dumbfounded. Because you just can't get into other people's heads. You can't explain other people. It's not even worth trying, in my opinion. Knowing some basics about psychology is fine. 
but I wouldn't go too far into it. We we can't figure out other people fundamentally. We can't control people fundamentally. We can't predict people fundamentally. And for ourselves. You know, we can barely even do these things for ourselves, you know. So even just dropping that too, I used to have very, 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 you know, specific ambitions. And now the reins are, the reins are off. And I don't know anymore. And some people aren't okay with that uncertainty and all that stuff. But say, yeah. we just... Adapt. And this doesn't mean go blind and just wing it, you know, have a plan for sure. But like be adaptable and you know, be willing to say that, yeah, this business might not be here, man. The company that I sell products for could go out of business tomorrow. I don't want to talk negative and I don't, but it could. I don't care. You know, I, I hope this is a reasonable way to, to wrap this up. That if anybody really is facing actual serious depression, then they don't have faith. And the only reason that I'm able to go on still every day, because my and I don't want to be dramatic here, but like, man, I can't see my friends. You know what I mean? It's been a year. We've been on lockdown. I've been home for yeah. a year. I haven't been to the grocery store in a year. You know what I mean? Like, this is, yeah. cra- it's kind of crazy psychologically, but I have faith, actually. I actually do. I have faith that if it I keep going to. and keep working, it's going to work out. It just has more to. more important now than it ever has been. And it's also taking into account, like, we're all, you know, a lot of us have been locked up. I'm lucky. I'm in Florida. Everything's open. But, like, I still even feel like that prisoner mentality and so you start to go through a lot of the same things that prisoners would go through after being locked up it's not easy but what you're saying has i mean if there's anything that like i would want to you know a point to drive home to anybody like the listeners it's absolutely like faith without faith you're you're really not going to get far like you need that and it's not a weak thing it's a very intelligent thing because to think that you're you know, it's like arrogant to think that you would have all the answers as a mere human, you know, like, of course, there's a higher forces that are working things that you have no understanding or comprehension of, you just have to trust and like in trusting in, you know, surrendering, you're gonna, it's, it's like the, you know, there's liberation in that. And there's, there's, um, you know, discipline, yeah, but it only takes you so far without faith. It's not, it's there's that's kind of the the framework right like the foundation and a lot of people are missing faith it's a big 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 missing part of our world is trying to be stripped from us but uh, the older generations i still believe the polls i think it's well over 50 percent believe in a higher power of some kind i don't think either of us are specifically religious here but something else mm-hmm. at work and if you don't believe that you're in a troubled world. You're going to have a shit And if you believe that here. things happen to you, oof, that's troubling. I don't, yeah, it's I don't want to believe that things so happen to me. I want to believe that I'm responsible that, so. for yeah. everything. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, like, we talked about all this because it's yep. helped me even to kind of come to a more clear understanding of, of what I need to do, you know, like I'm on the right track or not or where I need to tweak and sort of go from there. And it's always a work in progress no matter what, so. You know. Oh, thank you. Thank well, you I appreciate you being here with me today, Sylvana. Awesome. I appreciate anybody else listening. It is fun. Okay, yeah. And uh, it it's so time. simple. This is going to be posted in like two seconds. All it's, right. It's crazy. All right, Ryan. So, yeah. You let Have me know. Have a great day, guys. And everybody else. Have a great day. Bye.